Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Wonderful. 
God bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage somebody today and let you to know that you can do more through him than you think you can do. Uh, hey, you can do more. You can do more. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I had enough. It's gone too far. I can't take it anymore. God has made you more than a conqueror, more than a conqueror. 
God is placing in my spirit right now. David selected five smooth stones. But when God got in his business, it didn't take but one. I'm here to let you to know that you got more than enough to overcome any Goliath in your life. David had five. He chose five. Didn't use but one because God was in his business. We want God. We want God in our business. That's that we want God in our business. Praise God. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic. The more of you you have. Now we're talking about our sinful self and our you know our unregenerated self. The more of you you have, the more problems you will have. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? That the you in you, the me in me, is what's causing us problems. The you in you and the me in me, as children of God, because there are two entities in us. There's the us in us, and then there's the God in us. The us in us is the, the old, sinful, fleshly, mere man stuff that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But then there's the God in us. And that's where the power and that's where the anointing, that's where the authority, the breakthrough, every good and perfect. That's where, that's where our true life is at with the God in us. We looked at Capital Way in our outline yesterday. Who are we? It's important to understand who that you is in you. And who the God is in you so that we can choose to operate in the God in us. We look at Psalms 51 and 5, 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. And it brings us on down to capital B. We're going to look at today saying to yourself, saying to yourself. Now, uh, this is very, very important. What you speak and what you allow to be spoken to yourself. We're not talking about what mom and them said. We're not talking about what dad and them said. We're not talking about what husband or wife and them said. Or, or sister and brother. We're not talking about what white folk have said. We're not talking about what black folk have said. We're talking about what you have said to yourself. Oh, God is getting ready to get in somebody's business today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at Luke. Chapter 7 with a very special focus on verse 39. Luke chapter 7 with a special focus on verse 39. From the New International Version, the scripture says, When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is that she is a sinner. Once again, Luke chapter 7, verse 39 from the New International Version. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Capital B, saying to yourself, saying to yourself, let's pray, Father, in Jesus' name, bless your people today, Father. Speak to us, Father, for your children, your servants, your people. We are listening. We are here, Father, with our ears attentive and our hearts open wide to hear what your spirit has to say to the church, to the body of Christ. Have mercy on us, Father. Forgive us of our sins, our iniquities. Forgive us of the things we've said to ourselves that were not in line and in keeping with your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We haven't obtained it all yet, Father. We haven't been made perfect, but we 
humbly ask that you continue leading and guiding us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake, that we may be as you are. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 on down to verse 50. Deal with Jesus being anointed by a sinful woman. That's what the caption reads in my Bible. Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. Now, Jesus is the most interesting character that you will ever meet or that you will ever know. Jesus, keep in mind that Jesus was, is, and forever shall be God. All right, now we 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 when you when you get that 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 needs to that needs to marry. Jesus was God in the likeness of sinful man in a body much like you and I walking around down here on earth with us. God, the creator of everything that exists, the preserver of light and life, the the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. It, and he came down here with us. He was God. He could do anything he wanted to do, anytime he wanted. A lot of things Jesus didn't do because he knew how some of the things that he had already done freaked his disciples out. He knew if he had done more, it would some of them might have lost their mind. You say, Apostle, what has that got to do with me? One of the reasons why, you first thing, you and I have got to expand our mind. Because if we don't expand our mind and allow God to expand our mind, God will have to hold back a lot of things he wants to do to us. Because God be like, that will freak you out too much. If I blessed you like that, oh, that would freak you out too much. If I healed you like that, oh, that would freak you out. So we've got to expand our minds. If you want more juice in a cup and you went and got a small cup and you know you want more juice in your cup, what you going to need to do? Get a bigger cup. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice today is that you will get a bigger container so that God can fill you with more. Bible says that all things are possible to them that believe. Well, what does that mean, Apostle? What are you driving at? That if you only believe a little bit out of God, why are you surprised that you're only seeing a little bit out of God? The people that believe big out of God, they receive big out of God. My prayer for you today, we're about to close. We're not going to be here all day today. Is that you will believe more out of God. And I promise you, my brother, my sister, you will you will receive more out of God. See, it's the you in you that's limiting what you think God can do. It's not the God in you. It's not the God in me. It's the us in us that's limiting. Oh, man, I don't know if God can do that. Who said that? God ain't said that. God hasn't said that. Bigger containers. Lord, give us bigger containers in the name of Jesus. Give us bigger containers. Because God will oftentimes fill you at the capacity of your container. You read the story about the, 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 when Jesus turned water into wine? 
they filled large jars with water. Well, they ended up with a lot of wine. With a lot of wine. Now they could have come back and filled up shot glasses with water. The Lord would have just made them shots. Y'all just have shots of wine. Shots of wine. Some of us is living lives with shots of wine. God doing, but God said, I'm gonna have to do a little bit on you because you don't. They can't do too big for you. You ain't gonna. You you came and brought me a. You came and brought me a shot glass container. God said, and that's exactly what I filled it with. That's exactly what I feel. That that's what you brought. That's that's that was what you wanted me to display my power in that little shot glass. So God said, there you go. Take your shot of wine instead of having a big container. You say, Apostle, what you encouraging me to do? Prepare for where you want God to take you. Prepare. Start preparing. Where where do you want God? Where do you want God to? Ah, well, that's then that's what I'm starting to get ready for. Let's see what we got here, children of God. Bible says, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. Pharisees. Now, let's, let's deal a little bit with these Pharisees now. They were an ancient Jewish sect. They were distinguished by strict observance to the traditional and written law. Now, you need to understand what that means. There was a written law in Jesus' day, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, Torah, that was, I mean, that was, which was actually written. But then there was the, the oral law. Now, this is what had been passed down through generations. There was the written law, then there was the oral law. The oral law was what had been passed down or people's interpretation of the written law. Now, I'm going to give you an example of some of that in our in our culture. Now, you see, this is where you want to be careful with this, the spirit. I preached a sermon years ago, the spirit of Pharisee, a Pharisee spirit. That was the topic of the, of the message. Men, maybe about 20-some years ago, Pharisee spirit. This is where you got to be careful. The written law was what the law actually said, okay? That was what was actually written in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You know, it was actually But the written law was the interpretation that had been passed down through many generations by rabbis or by teachers of the law or by individuals. And sometimes what happened was the interpretation of the law was not conducive or, or not in agreement with what the law was actually saying. Now, this is why Jesus had so much problem with the Pharisees of his day. And this is why many of us today as children of God have problems with Pharisee individuals. In other words, they believed so much in what somebody told them the law or the word said that when Jesus came and was giving them a right division of the word or a proper division of the word, they couldn't even accept it. You say, Apostle, what, what does that mean to be? My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you're not so bent set on what somebody told you the word is saying that you can't hear what God is saying the word is saying. Now, that was the conflict. That was the conflict that Jesus had. That was the problem. All right. God says, God says, give it to him in human terms. Now, the law said 
in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, you to bring a tenth of what your flocks, your herds, and your fields produce. That was what the law said. It was a, a tithe or a tenth was to be brought. It was an Old Testament command that was given in regards to food items so that the Levites who had no allotment or inheritance of their own so that they would be able to eat. When all the other tribes went into the promised land, all the 12 tribes of Israel went into the promised land, all the 11 other 11 tribes got poor parcels of land. The Levites didn't get any parcel of land. Their allotment was going to be a tenth from what all the other Israelites produced, what their flocks, what their herds, and their fields produced. That was the, the original intent of the law. Well, it's been passed down through generation after generation after generation now to where individuals is preaching it as if it is in regards to money. But that wasn't what the original law said. Now, some of you out there under the sound of my voice, you have gone back, you've studied, praise God. You've gone back, you've studied, and, and God has revealed that to you. Others of you, you are still locked into the, the, the traditional law. The traditional law. And see, that was where the Pharisees, that's why they had so many problems with Jesus. Their traditional laws, they would tell, you know, they want to know why Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands with a ceremonial washing. What Pharisees and them used to do before they would eat anything, they would go through this big ceremonial washing. Jesus and his disciples, they grabbed something and just start eating. And the Pharisees were like, oh, 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 how come you're not going through the ceremonial washing? Pharisees would carefully strain their drinking water through a piece of cloth so that they wouldn't mistakenly drink a gnat. And that's why Jesus told him, he said, you, 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 you know, you, 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 strain your drinking water so you don't swallow a gnat. But then he told him, but you swallow a camel. Now, the symbolism there, a gnat was one of the smallest unclean animals. Orthodox Jews, they were small, unclean. You couldn't eat, you couldn't be eating gnats. So the Pharisees trying to make sure that they didn't get the, the, smallest of unclean animals mistakenly they would strain their drinking water through a cloth in case a gnat had gotten down in their drink but they said but you swallow a camel which was one of the largest unclean animals jews weren't orthodox jews weren't supposed to eat a camel so jesus look you, you're straining real real hard over that right there but look at this over here what you're doing so there would be conflict, constantly conflict. Pharisees were one of the main groups that conflicted with Jesus, along with the Sadducees. Now, so the Pharisees, they were ancient, G ancient Jewish sect. They were, they were distinguished by a very, very strict observance to the traditional and the written law. Well, the problem with that is that, you know, the, oftentimes they would find themselves... Uh, pretending. You would find themselves pretending. This is why, you know, Jesus called them hypocrites, play actors. See, you know, uh, Christianity and true walk with God is supposed to be a liberating factor in our life, not a bondaging factor in our life. In other words, Christ come to set us free. The spirit of God, it is for freedom's sake that you have been what? Set free. God wants us free. Not free to sin. Now, I mean, we do that. Let's go and be honest, children of God. No need to trying to act like we don't. But that's not Christ. Christ doesn't want to free us to sin. He wants to free us.
to serve God and to free us to live for God and to free us to, to move with God and to not have to ultimately not have to experience hell. Well, what the Pharisees did, and this is, this is where you can tell the difference between true religion, because there is true religion, and then there's false religion. True religion will free you up to serve God. False religion will make your service to God a nightmare. It'll make your service of God a nightmare. First of all, you got to have on a certain color. You got to have on a certain shoe, but you can't. You got to make some mess around and have you. You can't be. It's got to, that dress has got to be that long. It's got to be. You got to have a certain cummerbund and the tie has got to be. Oh my God! All the, all of this. When faith comes by, come on, somebody. What? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. God said, Robert, many of my people are spending more time on what they looking like hearing my word than on focusing on hearing my word. Good God in here. We're about to close this message before, before the Lord get me in trouble today. Many, God said, many of my people, Robert, they're spending more time focusing in on how they look hearing my word than on concentrating and focusing in and hearing my word. Pharisees. They were often a political party, or a lot of times they would be a social movement. They would often conflict with the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees was another religious sect of Jesus' day. You hear about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees, they only recognized the written Torah. This was the conflict now. This was, this was the conflict between your Pharisees and your Sadducees. They only recognized the written Torah. They rejected the oral Torah and other words, stuff that was passed down, that people were saying the word. They rejected all that. They rejected the prophets. They rejected uh, the writings and the resurrection of the dead. They rejected all of that kind of stuff. So these two groups, now they, they came together pretty good to crucify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But these were two groups that were, were normally at odds with each other. Well, a Pharisee invited Jesus to have dinner with him. Now, watch this now. The Bible says, so Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now, it was customary in ancient Israel. You know, they wouldn't just be sitting up at a, at a table like, like we. A lot of times they would be sitting on the floor with the legs extended. And the table would be very, very low. And that's where they would be eating. Jesus went to the Pharisees' house, children of God, and kicked back. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees' house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. Now, I got to deal with this woman a little bit here because this woman here, <laughs> this woman here said, look, Jesus is at the Pharisee's house, but it's not the Pharisees that I'm looking for. Good God in this place. I'm looking for Jesus. Now, he just happens to be at the Pharisee's house. Don't get this thing twisted and think Pharisee John or Pharisee Mark or Pharisee whoever you call yourself that I'm looking for you. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm hearing this woman and this woman, she had lived a sinful life. She knew how the Pharisees rolled. She knew that the Pharisees didn't want anything to do with her kind. But, I, but, but she knew that Jesus did. I've got to prophesy to some of you all out there. 
that some of them folk that don't want nothing to do with your kind, you leave them folk right where they're at, and you get to Jesus. Jesus said, I'll take you in just fine. Jesus said, I'll take you in with your sordid past. I'll take you in with your questionable, your questionable background. I'll, Jesus said, I'll take you in. The woman said, look, I'm not looking for you, Mr. Pharisee. I'm here at your house, but I'm not looking for you, Mr. Pharisee. All right. One of the saints said it's amazing how she knew where his house was. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. Very, very expensive perfume. And that she stood behind him. See, see, God said, Robert, deal with that for a minute. Thank you, Father. I, I give you praise. God said, you, you need to know who you're standing behind. Bible doesn't say she stood behind Pharisee John or Pharisee or so-and-so. She stood behind Jesus weeping. She stood behind Jesus repenting. She stood behind Jesus At his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Now, now she'd have done this with Pharisee, whatever his name was. I keep just just saying Pharisee John, just just to use that. We already see his attitude toward her. He'd have probably pulled back. Don't touch me, sinful woman. Get your hands off me, sinful woman. But she went to Jesus. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This woman knew who to carry her issues to. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? God said, Robert, tell my people that some of them are carrying your issues to the wrong people. Everybody is not able to handle what? Your issues. You don't confess your sin to just everybody. The Bible says confess your sin one to another. In other words, God has got somebody that you can confess your sin to. Everybody can't handle it. Everybody's not equipped to handle it. Bible says that when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, now, he saw this. He, he's looking right at this woman with a questionable past, with a sordid past. He saw this. He's looking right at this. Now, from the look of things, looks kind of, looks a little shady. Looks a little shady. Now, let's be honest. I mean, you know, all of the reports about this woman were not false. Bible says she lived a sinful, sinful life. So you know, and the thing about and the thing about you know sin, you know, and and people and people knowing you know or, or people having you know seen you in sin or know that you've been involved in sin. A lot of times, individuals start getting accused for more than what they have actually done. A lot of times, you know, that's why a lot of times in this country. You know, people that have a felony they find it difficult to get a job. A lot of times. Why? 
because in people's mind, they be thinking, you know, you haven't changed or that, you know, you may, you may be doing more than what you really have done. You mess around and let a young girl come up pregnant at, at 15. You know, you may not even know all of the circumstances and there'll be some folk in the community that'll see that and be like, I told you, she ain't want nothing but a little hot something. Don't know she could have been raped. Don't know. Uh, see, see, God said, just watch your mouth now. Watch your mouth. One of the things say things are not always what you see, or things are not always what they look like. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, well, God said, Robert, now you got to deal with what did he see? Because God says, I saw something too. And see, children of God, what you and I need to be more concerned with is what God sees and not so much concerned with what man sees. Goodness gracious. I thank you today, Father. Jesus saw something too. The Pharisee saw something with his twisted little perception on things, but Jesus saw something too. You say, Apostle, what you saying to me out there? I'm really going through some trouble. Listen, God sees some things in you that folk can't see in you. God sees some things in you that mommy and daddy can't see in you. God sees some things in you that sister and brother can't see in you. God sees some things in you. I'm worried about what no Pharisees see. God see me. I'm hearing this woman in the spirit. I like a spirit. I'd like a spirit, first of all, to go busting into the Pharisee's house. All that religious pretense and all that religious preciosity and all knowing full well that they have been backbiting and talking about her and thinking, all, and forget that mess. I'm going to Jesus. I like a spirit. I like a spirit. Forget that mess y'all talking about. I'm here to see Jesus. Pharisee who saw this. See, he saw something. But Jesus saw something. People see things. You see, that's the difference between reputation and character. Right here, right here. Reputation and character. Reputation is how people see you. Character is how God sees you. Always be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Always be more concerned with pleasing God than with pleasing men. Always, always. Hey, 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 man. Oh, thank you, Father. God said, Robert, a lot of times men dwell on your sin. God said, I dwell on your potential. A lot of times men dwell on where you have been. God said, I dwell on where I'm taking you. Good God in here. We about done, children of God. Hmm? When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, now, now, children of God, I, again, I want to I want to to exhort you. Encourage you. Be careful of what you allow in your hearing, even if it's you talking. Monitor, I, I be watching what I be saying to me. I'm to a place now where I try not to do a lot of saying to me because I know that I'm crazy. Let's let's just 
One of the saints is looking up like, you just figured that out? So, so I got to hear God. You say, don't do a lot of talking to yourself. Yourself will get you in trouble. Get in the habit of hearing a lot and letting God talk to you. Oh, we'll say some crazy things to ourselves. Come on, come on, let's close this, let's close this. Bible says when the Pharisee saw this, Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet. Now, now wait a minute. Now you have judged my whole relationship with God by this encounter right here that you really don't even understand what's going on. Now you don't even... <laughs> But this this one little woman now has got you to question and what's going on with this one little woman which you really don't you really don't know anyway has now got you questioning my whole relationship with God. <laughs> you better watch you better watch what you say to yourself. You better watch what you're listening to out there. This one little encounter here all the miracles that Jesus had worked. Because you know the Pharisee, he had to have heard something. He had to have seen something, you know, for him to invite Jesus. Jesus was a pretty radical character for him to invite Jesus to his house. Jesus has been working miracles. Jesus has been raising the dead. Jesus has been healing the sick. Jesus has been turning water into wine. Jesus has been preaching and feeding multitudes of people with fish and bread. And now this here got you doubting that I'm a prophet. All that you have seen me do, all that you have heard me do, all the, and now this, <laughs> I ain't never seen nothing like the Holy Ghost. I love God's word. I'm trying to tell you, children of God, if God's word won't shine light on what be going through jokers' minds and hearts, glory. And this little woman right here, that you, again, you don't even know really what's going on. You're just basing things on what it looked like to you. Or what it sound like to you. Or what somebody done told you. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. And what kind of woman she is. That she is a sinner. Now, he said this to himself. He didn't say it to Jesus. See, and that's, that's, that's one of the ways, too. Now, we talked about a little bit earlier about a Pharisee spirit. Pharisee spirit got a whole lot of stuff to say about people and to say, but they don't say it. They don't confront people. They be saying it to themselves. They be having all kind of preconceived ideas, preconceived notions, preconceived thoughts about you and will never say nothing to you. Jesus said, that's all right. You don't need to say nothing to me. I know what's in you. I know what's in your heart. I know what you just said to yourself. <laughs> the Bible said nothing in all creation is what? Hidden from the eyesight of God. Jesus, look, you ain't got to you ain't got to question me. You ain't got to question me about this. God done revealed to me what you thinking. Jesus says, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said, two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them would love him more? Now, let's, let's, let's. Who do you think going to love the, 
one of the saints, one of the saints said, the one who had the greater debt. And see, see, this is what you need to understand out there, children of God. This is why, if you ever, if you ever question why some people seem to love God so much, and some people, one of the saints is hitting this thing. You about ready to preach? I might turn the mic over to you. I'm serious. But why some people just be so passionate about the things of God and be so, but why they go so so strong? See, a lot of times, them be people that had a big debt council. A lot of times, them people that know that they, that the debt that Christ counseled for them, this woman had lived a sinful life. She won't just playing with sin. See, that's some folk, even right under the sound of my voice, some of y'all out there under the sound of my voice, you ain't just playing with sin. You down in it deep. You mess around and you step in, and God is just flashing this in my spirit. You step in a mud puddle. Hmm? You outside, it's raining, you step in a mud puddle and you step out. You'd be like, oh, man. you know. Or you step in a mud puddle and your friend grab your hand and pull you out. Well, you ain't going to be too appreciative of that because you almost feel like you could have got yourself out of that. you know. But you mess around and step in a sinkhole. And water is up to your water and mud is up to your neck. And you is sink up past your neck and up to your nose. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you is sinking further and further. And your friend, that same friend, walked by and said, man, what in the world? Grab down, jump down in the mud and jump down to the mud and get in and pull you out of there. Which one you think going to be more appreciative? Which one which would be more appreciative? Your friend take you out to lunch when you got a pocket full of money? Or your friend take you out to out to, to lunch and you ain't had nothing to eat in the last four days? Which Who you think going to be more appreciative? Come on, children of God. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. Everything is a matter of perspective. Neither of the men had money to pay, what? The debt back. But one only owed a little bit. Ah, come on now. You know, we've how many times have we seen around here check come in the mail? Check come in the mail. Sometime here at the Christian Center, we've seen check come in the mail for a dollar and fifty cent. Oh man! But then sometimes we've seen check come in the mail five, six thousand dollars. Now, which one bring you? Which one get your dancing shoes on? I see one of the saints got some shoes on. Which one really have really where you really have your dance on? I tell you what, it don't be that dollar and fifty cent dollar and fifty cent check. But the point is, neither of them had the money to pay them back. So he canceled the debts of them both. Simon said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Jesus said, You have judged correctly on that. See, God said it's amazing how a lot of times you all can judge correctly on a parable, but you can't judge correctly when it's real life. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Oh, you can, you can see the answer real, real clear like in a parable, but you can't see the answer in real life. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you know, if, if your son or your daughter, maybe, you know, in school or on an athletic team, 
come in and say, Daddy, Mama, I ain't, I don't think, I mean, underage. Now, they ain't, they ain't of age to be dropping out of school. They come in and say, well, I, I don't, I ain't, they, you know, 10 or 11 years old. I ain't going to school. I don't think I'm going to go to school no more. I'm a homeschool myself. Some of you all would have a what? Fit. Daddy, I'm a homeschool myself. I ain't going to the school. I ain't going to listen to the teachers no more. I ain't going to be in the school system no more. I'm going to just homeschool myself. Some of you all would have a fit. No, you ain't. Not in here. Not under my roof. You're going to get up and go to school. But yet, some of you all have done the exact same thing when it comes down to the house of worship. You done just decided you ain't going, you ain't going to be in the church no more. But you can see it in your kid. You can see that if your child came to you with that same logic, that same mentality, some of you all would have a You would be whooping hind part until social services come to get you. And that child just bent set. I ain't going to school no more, Daddy. I'm telling you now, Mommy. I'm Look, I ain't going to school. I'm going to homeschool myself. I'm going to be in here. I'm going to teach myself math. I'm going to teach myself reading. I'm going to I'm I'm do me right here. Right here. Some of you all, <laughs> God say, God say, you can see, you can see this real clear, like Simon, you judge correctly in the parable, but you can't see the real life application. Let me close this message now, because I feel that even the eyes in here in the Christian center burning on me this morning. You have judged correctly. You, you got the parable right, but the application and how it applies to what you is doing, you can't see that at all. Lord, help us in what? Jesus' name. Then he turned toward the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? Jesus said, I'm back, I'm back to your sin. I'm back to your sight. Because remember, your, your problems your problem really kicked off when you saw some things that you really didn't comprehend. So Jesus said, let me bring you back to sin again. You remember when Jesus, the, the, the only time in scripture where we read about Jesus ever, ever having to touch a man twice. The blind man from Bethsaida. Jesus spit on him, put his hands on him, asked him, do you see anything? The man said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Jesus once again put his hands on the man. Then asked him. Do you, how, do you, what, what do you see now? And he was like, everything's clear now. Everything's good. Well, here we are with another instance in Scripture. Now, Jesus is, not putting, Jesus is not putting his hands on anybody. He's trying to get, Jesus had spit on the man's eyes and, and from Bethsaida, put his hands on him, then put his hands on him again. But here is Jesus trying to get Simon to see with the word. God is not going to put his hands on everybody. There are going to be a lot of us that God is trying to get you to see through the, the word. Oh, come on, let me close. Let me close now. Then he turned. He said, he said, he said Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Then he turned toward the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? In other words, not with your hypocritical, self-righteous viewpoint and how you done already judged me, you done already judged her, you done already judged our interaction. Now, Jesus said, now, do you see what's really going on here? Jesus said, I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. Now, this was, this was a customary this was customary. You know, I, I think about my spirit goes to Nigeria. It's customary when you go into people's houses in Nigeria. You know, one, you take your shoes off at the door. You don't come in with your shoes. 
You know, you'd be walking around in a house barefoot because a lot of times it's sandy and it's dirty and it's dusty. And, you know, you don't want to bring that stuff in people's house. So that's that's part of their custom. They take the shoes off, leave them outside on the porch, on the veranda. You come in, you sit down, they'll, they'll you know, either send to a store or, or bring out. A lot of times there's no electricity, so, you know, they don't have anything cool to drink. So they'll send somebody and they, they bring you cool drink. That's just that's just customary. It was customary in ancient Israel. You come into somebody's house, you get some water for their feet. Why? Because it'd be dusty out there, and Jesus and them be walking around in sandals. You know, and I know a lot of times, you know, right now, I got a couple issues with my feet. I'm walking around with sandals on in, in, in Nigeria where it'd be all dusty and dirty. it get some water for my feet, clean your feet up. Jesus, I come in your house, you ain't even give me no water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't even give me a kiss. It was customary that when you met, and this is why Jesus asked uh, uh, um, Judas, you remember when Judas came in the garden and he, he, he gave Jesus a kiss and Jesus said, uh, 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 Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? In other words, you're going to betray me with a kiss? That's a customary sign of, of, of affection and greeting from a, from to a rabbi, and you're going you're gonna to use that to be the signal for them to come get me? Jesus said, look, Simon, you didn't even give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put any oil on my head. You didn't even anoint this my head with oil. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? God won't see how you love him. You talk all day. You can do all you want to do. But God wants to see how you love him. Now, how we show love for God is our obedience and our sacrifice. Now, the Bible tells us obedience is better than sacrifice. Not that sacrifice has no place. It's just that obedience needs to come first. You show God. You ever wonder out there on the sound of my voice whether your children love you or not? Do they, do they listen to you? Do they do like you tell them to do? It's very simple. Every time you tell that joker go left, he go right. Every time you sit down, you he stand up. Every time you do this, he do the other. That joker don't love you. He said, if you love me, you will keep my what? Commands. Pastors out there, you wonder if congregation members love you? See if they do what you ask them to do. Police out there, you wondering if the motorists love you? See if he obey you when you stop, when, you, when he stop you. One of the major components of love is obedience. Obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Wisdom is supreme. Proverbs 4 and 7. What is wisdom? Doing what God say. You wonder how we prove we love God. Do what he say. I tell you, her many sins, many sins. Jesus said, look, you won't wrong about a lot of sin in this woman's life. You won't wrong about that. But the problem is you couldn't see the many sins in 
your life. And that's where you that's where you can see that's where the difference between the Holy Spirit and the you in you. Because the Holy Spirit is going to show you first your many sins. And see, when you when the Holy Spirit reveals to you or to me our many sins, and a lot of times we can have compassion on others when God show us their many sins. God wouldn't dare show you somebody else's many sins before he show you your many sins. Because that's when we become harsh and all, you know, they need to die. They need to kill them. Kill them. Uh-uh-uh. Kill them. Remember David, when the prophet came and told him about the ewe lamb, David was like, the man who did this deserves to die, deserves to die. Then the prophet said, you the man, David. David was like, well, I don't know if he need to die so much now. I don't know if I, <laughs> maybe, can we get some mercy around here? Can we get, can we get a little compassion around here? One of the things he's saying, let us rethink this a little bit. Man, I was a little rash, I was a little rash. Therefore, Jesus said, look, her many sins are forgiven. What we got to keep in mind, children, God, is that our many sins, the difference between us and the unsaved world, unsaved world, many sins are not forgiven. Our many sins are. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that ought to make you praise him. If that don't make you praise him, I don't know. Not that either one of us, either one of our groups don't have many sins. One, we're just forgiven. Goodness gracious, I'm gonna have, we're going to close real soon. Like the, you said, some of y'all out there, apostles, say that again. Now, I didn't, I didn't, quite, I didn't quite get that. All right, let's turn your, turn your TV up. Turn your laptop or your phone up now so you can hear it real clearly. The difference between us, children of God, and the world is that their many sins are not forgiven. But us, as children of God, because we placed our faith in Jesus Christ, our many sins are forgiven. Now, that's different. Twin. What we get some folks sent to heaven and some folks sent to hell, Apostle Brian? The folk that get sent to hell, your many sins, you didn't get them forgiven. Whereas the folk that end up going to heaven, their many sins, once they cried, Abba, Father, once they confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart, the Lord Jesus, and that God has raised them from the dead, Father, forgive me, I'm a sin. Their many sins got forgiven. There it is. In the words of the old, uh, come on, come on, come on. Let's finish. Her many sins have been forgiven. What's the difference between this woman's leaving Pharisee's house and Pharisee leaving Pharisee's house? She came and got her sins forgiven. He stayed and had his sin, and his sins remained. They both had an encounter with Jesus. Uh oh. You say, Apostle, what you're writing? Everybody hearing God's word is not going to be saved. If you hear God's word, you have had an encounter with Jesus. The question is not whether or not you have heard God's word. The question is whether or not you have done the right thing with what you have heard. This woman had an encounter with Jesus. Pharisee had an encounter with Jesus. This woman got her sins forgiven. Pharisee did not get his sins forgiven. This woman went away, just went away, went away in a new life. Pharisee still sat right there in his old, uh, condemning, judgmental, self-righteous, hypocritical. You say, Apostle, what you saying to me? Don't let your, if your encounter with Jesus is causing you to remain the same, something is wrong with the encounter. Not Jesus. Something is wrong with the encounter. 
every time, see, this is why this is why we want to try to try to stimulate and have as many encounters with Jesus as we can. This is the same with thing with thing with exercise. Why is it that some people choose to exercise every chance they get or exercise on a regular basis? Because they realize that there are benefits that they are receiving every time they do it. Same with, with to hearing God's word. Worshiping God. There's some benefits I'm getting every time Every time I do it. Oh, man, I'm hearing all kinds of things the Lord said, Robert, you could have if it hadn't been for your worship. I got, I got uh, diabetes. Both of my parents had diabetes. Baby sister got diabetes. I ain't got it. Give God praise. Both my parents had, had, heart, had heart issues. Both of them. I ain't got it. Give God praise. There are things, God's God look, Robert, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You tell my people. There are things that staying up under the umbrella of my word will not only do for you, but they, that they will keep from you that you don't even have knowledge of. Staying up under the umbrella of God's word. Do you, you, we don't know how many raindrops would hit us if we didn't have an umbrella when we went out in a storm. You can't even count. How many of you can say, I know exactly how many raindrops are, but what you do know is that if you won't under that umbrella, you, by the time you get to your car, you be drenched. Some of you all out there running around spiritually trying to stay trying to stay out from under the umbrella and wonder why you're getting wet. Why are you getting hit with everything? Everything under the sun. God's word is like an umbrella. Want to stay up stay up under the umbrella as much and as long as you can. Keep a whole lot of keep a whole lot of things from hitting you. A whole lot of raindrops from falling on my head. But you gotta stay up under the umbrella. You don't know what God stand up under God's word will keep from happening to you. Jesus, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. That's all Jesus said to this woman in this whole thing. Jesus said a lot to the Pharisee, and he said little to the woman. The Pharisee, after hearing a lot, still didn't get the message. The woman, after hearing a little, got her sins forgiven. Now, now, let that one marinate in your spirit. Look at the look at it. Jesus said a whole lot to the Pharisee. He still didn't get it. Jesus said about four words to the woman: "Your sins are forgiven." If God don't say nothing else to me, I'll take that right there. You got to hear that with spiritual ears. I thank God for all of what he's saying to me. But if at the end of the day, God didn't say nothing else to me in this life, other than at the end of the day, Robert, your sins are forgiven. I'm going, you're, going, you're talking about a dancing black man? You think David was dancing? You think David, Dan, when he danced out of his tunic, you talking about a dance? Because what God is in that and saying is, you're going, to spend, you're going to spend eternity with me. With your sins forgiven. That is the requirement to spend eternity with God. You've got to have your sins forgiven. That's why folk end up in hell. You didn't get your sins forgiven. If God don't say nothing else, all God, Jesus, this is all Jesus said to the woman up to this point. Then he tell her, go, go on, go on somewhere. He tell her after this, he said, the other guests began saying among themselves, who is this that even forgives sin? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go, go, get on out of here. Get stepping. In other words, Jesus said, look, 
what you came here for, that's what you got. See, you say, Apostle, what you got? That's why you want to be, you and I need to be mindful of what are we coming to the word for? Are you looking into God's word to find fault? Are you looking in God's word to find uh, inconsistencies? Are you looking at what, 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 you come, what you coming to worship for? What you coming to Jesus for? Because what these Pharisees came for, which was to find fault in Jesus, that's exactly what they fought. That's exactly what they found. What this woman came to Jesus for was the forgiveness of sin. That's exactly what she got. What are you coming to worship for? What are you going to church for? If you if you going to church looking for fault, I guarantee you, my brother, my sister, you're going to find it. Why? Because none of us are perfect. There ain't no perfect churches out there. Ain't no perfect pastors. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no perfect. So if you're going to find fault, you're going to find something that ain't right, you'll find it. But if you're going to get your sins forgiven, you're going to get your sins atoned for, you're going to, to have you a better relationship, then you can find that too. This woman said, I, I, because she came for the right thing, she got the right thing. And because these Pharisees went for the wrong thing, they got the wrong thing. Father, we thank you today for everything that you have spoken to us, through us, and for us. Pray, Father, that blind eyes have been opened today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray and we thank you, Father, for shining light on the Pharisee spirit. You told us in your word that light makes everything visible. Now that you have shown us better, Father, may we do better in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Again, we ask that you forgive our sins this day as we forgive those who have sinned against us. We thank you. We praise you. As your word goes out in the four corners of the world, May your people be blessed, edified, encouraged, uplifted. May your name, which is above all other names, gain all the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Sanctuary can reach us through email at Church at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc feel free to join us on talk shoe spreecast youtube and itunes at 96 p.m daily on talk shoe call 724-444-7444 and try 17959 on spreecast type in robert bryan on youtube and the christmas church channel you can see excerpts of apostle robert bryan on youtube donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk shoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.